everybody. Before we get started this week's show, I wanted to let you know that this episode of RIYL is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code RIYL. So I, I was telling you earlier, actually, I, uh, I had the flu. I had the flu earlier yeah. this week. Um, that sucks. And like this was this was I was I was supposed to have the week off. There's my there's my philosophical comment. <laughs> that that sucks. sucks. Yes, I believe I believe yes. Yeah, Sar- uh, John Paul Sartre once said, "Yes, that sucks." When I just I, you know I couldn't. Yeah. I, I I'm not 100, percent but I, I just couldn't. After three days of being home, I couldn't stand it anymore i couldn't stand like not leaving my apartment so i just jumped yeah. on a train and came to philadelphia and i was sick and i, I was sick because you were sick for a while right yeah i had i well no what happened was and and the spirit was when i was saying i just realized i created something in there and it almost got past me which was com- a combination of sartre and voltaire sartre so when you say something that's that's kind of speed freak crazy yeah. but clever that's yeah. a Sartre. Mm-hmm. I think I've, we've, we've coined a phrase. No, I was uh, – um, what happened was I was having the best year of my life. I was just like – I was doing was – Yeah, this, uh, this is uh, – well, 2013 was the best year. Yeah. I was just fucking rocking it. Yeah. I, was, I was just enjoying the hell of myself. I'd done the, all this the stuff. The band's back together. Yeah, and- but I'd done all this stuff I never thought I'd do. I did actual, I've never done a solo performance. I did one song solo, but that, that was – you know, it was the first time ever, which is really scary for me. I did acting. I did uh, – um, I, uh, I, I was just doing all this cool stuff, meeting all these cool people. I got like a bunch of – New cool friends. I was just going out and having a good time. I say I'm really enjoying myself. Never think that because the minute you say that, it's like when you're you and your friends are driving back and there's and there's hey there's no traffic out tonight. Yeah. You know around that next corner is that big traffic. So like an idiot, I get up one day and I'm thinking, wow, I'm feeling really great. I'm going to head up to the random tea room and I start walking. I have this like weird feeling in my foot. And it turned out what I didn't know is that was actually a good sign. In other words, like you're walking, you're fixing it. Um, yeah. I have a com- I have compressed disc in my back. I didn't know about, and it just kept getting worse and worse. Um, so what happens is I think I aggravated it by jumping off a PA stack in in well we we played this is when the curse set in um, yeah. everything was going great until um, actually Halloween night I saw my friends in Hot Breakfast play and that was a great show and then after that like the next day we had to go out to Pittsburgh and then uh, play Cleveland and in Pittsburgh some kid kicked in the USB connection on my keyboard, which is going to end up costing me a lot of money to have fixed, even though it's under warranty. I got to ship it and stuff. And then, so that was the first part of the curse. And then the next night in Cleveland, they, they had like sold this place. I think, I think it was like sold out three times over. So you have to, you, you, people would leave, other people would come in and that's the way they worked it. And so, I mean, huge crowd. They're around the block. I went and I talked to everybody. I'm really excited about the show because I'd gotten up the next morning and I went out and got um, a MIDI to USB thing so I could, you know, reroute around the problem. (laughs) For those of you uh, keyboard nerds listening, you'll you'll know what I'm talking. Though somewhere is a keyboard nerd going, I know that feeling. But um, I had gone and gotten uh, that set up, and I'd been up early in the morning. I had a really rough day. We went to the Warhol Museum. It was fantastic. So things started going uphill. Some Pittsburgh, fe- uh, yeah, yeah, it's in Pittsburgh. It's it's amazing. Yeah, you know, and and we had the uh, they gave us a tour. They contacted us. And said you guys want like a private tour? And we're like, who says no? And I'm this huge Warhol fanatic, so I'm going nuts. And I'm actually uh, I'm pretty very. 
I'd say, I'd say I'm very knowledgeable about Warhol. And so I was the young lady who was our tour guide was super fantastic. Allison, if you're listening, you were very good. If you go to the uh, Andy Warhol Museum, ask for Allison as your yeah. tour guide. And she's all like hyper, and she's like, you know, and we're discussing the the oxidation paintings, which are the piss paintings, and trying to figure out what was wrong with certain people when they did them because uh-huh. some of that piss doesn't look normal. And, uh, and what they were on, yeah. And we were yeah. also talking about Warhol had, which is I, every now and then when you find something you do, when you think you know everything about something, uh, or you, you know, there's nothing that's going to surprise you, and you see something that's amazing. And I didn't know that Warhol they had these giant Rorschachs that he made, uh-huh. and Warhol thought that instead of the doctor showing the Rorschach to the patient and the patient saying it looks like you know two sure. ducks fucking or yeah, whatever, yeah. Uh, and then the doctor would interpret that as oh my god, this guy thinks it looks like two ducks fucking. Um, that that Warhol thought that the patient made the Rorschach themselves, and then the doctor interpreted it. <laughs> In other words, you see what I'm saying? So I think that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And, and when Warhol found out there were a set of cards, he was angry. He's like, well, I didn't have to make my own. I could have just used the cards. So I'm feeling really good. Yeah. And see, it's impossible for me to tell a straight, just a, a story from point A to point I, B. I figured that a lot out. A lot of detours, yeah. yeah. So um, we go up to uh, uh, Cleveland. And I'm having a really good day seeing old friends. We go to this restaurant. It's fantastic. I'm just having a good time. And there's all these people. It's Halloween, which is my favorite holiday. And all these people are lined up around the block. Well, it's close to Halloween. Halloween been a couple nights before. But they're celebrating Halloween. So they got great costumes. And we're up and singing. And we're watching the place fill up and feeling really good. And go out and get ready to play. And there's, you know, uh, bass players tuning up. And I'm running through my keyboard check. And all of a sudden, the lights go out. And we're like, everybody's, woo! You know, they're coming on. And Dan and I are looking at each other like, that's a little early for them to kill the lights. But then we realize that not only are the lights killed, but the lights on our amps are dead. And then we realize the power's out. Yeah. Then we found out that the power was out not only for that place, you know, that venue, sure. but for four blocks all around. Yeah. So now we got a crowd full of people who expected to see a show. So. We're trying to give them the best show they can, we can acoustically without yeah. any plugged in. And actually, I kind of enjoyed it. And I jumped off the PA, and I think that aggravated the uh, compressed disc. It just kept getting worse and worse. And we had to fly out to Texas to do some shows, and the flight out for me was agony. I mean, it was just it was like four hours of getting stabbed in the back with an ice pick. I, I think I had tears in my eyes when it was over. It was horrifying. But this was a, this was a pre-existing condition you had. No, 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 well, no, oh, no. Okay. It can happen to anybody. That's yeah. the thing. It can you can you can go to tie your shoes one day and compress yeah. the disc in your back. That's how that's where evolution has left us because we don't have tails back there it's just poorly made and uh, there's an argument against intelligent design my freaking back sure, um, but but yeah well, you know i i are, are you are you are you going as hard as you did you know what uh, harder back, back mm-hmm. you're going harder harder yeah, yeah. Uh, you have to you know, because i um i'd gone to see vmv nation yeah and and uh this is like when we were first getting back to, you know to to play again i got to see vmv live and i never got to see this is a rough night for my wife too i wish my wife was here to tell the story yeah. this is what kind of person i am my wife had had uh, an injury to her eye which is fine now but she bright lights really bothered it and, and so we're up in the lounge area and you know first acts on they're pretty good and vmv are coming on and i really wanted her to see vmv and we go down and the lights are flashing and she can't take the brightness and um she basically says oh, i've got to go home and i'm like okay 
I have to stay here. But uh, if you've ever seen Ronan from DMV, he, he, what he does is, and I've ripped him off so badly, is he never stops moving. Hmm. So that's my thing. I never, I, I'm not ever going to stop moving on a stage. And he looks, he's kind of like me where you wouldn't expect him to be in front of a band. He's, he's a you know, heavy set, bald, sort of middle-aged guy. Yeah. So I completely stole that from him. So, yeah, I go actually a lot harder. Now, when you're like 20 years old and good-looking, you can stand there on stage. You're like, oh, admire me. But, you know, now yeah. it's like, yeah, I got it. And plus... Um, and I play a lot of keyboards, so and there's a lot and lot as it keeps going on, more and more keyboards and stuff. So uh, if I get a chance to run around, I'm going to take that. Even when I play keyboards, I jump up and down when I play. This them. is really a uh, kind of a, a symptom of you're not having anything better to do at the time because you didn't have a keyboard in front of you. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean you don't know, and and like I say you don't know what you're doing until you have somebody. Until you, it's a terrible thing to lose something like that. For 16 years or whatever, I just didn't do that. Yeah. So now it's it's again it's like with my back. I, now I run everywhere since I've been feeling better the last couple of days. It's you know kinetic and potential energy. I had all this potential energy build up, so I'm like ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, seriously, next time you see me, I'll probably weigh like 120 pounds because all the weight I gain, like being immobile, will just fly the frick off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, actually, I want to I want to back up a second because no. we we met at uh, uh, at the, the the digital ferret store. Yes, I love right the ferret. Which is uh, <laughs> we walked in on their Magic the Gathering night. Yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> lightning bolt. I, I, I couldn't. I could. I was trying to figure out whether they, you know everyone was just being really, really nice, or whether I was just kind of like an no, outsider they're super nice. But they were. They were. They're, just they're so very cool. Nice. Like they're the only people that, that, that could never be uncool playing Magic together. Yeah. And they make that game look good. Yeah. When when Patrick Rogers is playing Magic the Gathering, you can't say anything about it. Yeah. Well, how how did you how did you get into the to the goth thing? Married one. Yeah. That, that it's the, it's just that simple. Yeah, well, no. What happened was not the whole story. I mean, I liked a lot of a lot of uh, sort of proto industrial stuff before. Yeah. Um, what happened was as music got dull, you know, when when you have this, you know, punk disappears and they replace it with grunge, punk yeah. light, or mall alternative, or you know, whatever you want to call that, you get really um, disappointed music. Now, out of that grew a lot of great bands. Uh, Dresden Dolls grew out of that sort of death of guitar rock, mm-hmm. uh, Rasputina. So what happened was around this time I met my wife, and my wife was into a, a lot of – and actually it's weird because now I'm the one who, who introduces her to bands. But she was into a lot of stuff I should have been listening to. And uh, she's like, oh, try this, try that. And I'd say it kind of reinvigorated me. And because of um, the fact that we have Digital Ferret – it used to be up the street in town uh, – I would go there and just say, what's good? What do you like? Yeah. To me, that's what became a punk rock. I was in there. That's where I discovered the Angel Spit record, which was one of those life-changing, Cronkhouse, their first record, one of those life-changing things where you hear this and you're like, oh, my God, this is punk rock, but this is punk rock with synths and, and you know, still all the screaming and anger is there and it's well done. So it's, I, 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 people say, well, you, know, you listen to goth industrial, I, I consider it punk rock. I consider you know, yeah. ca- Caustic is as punk rock as this I ever was, so. I, I guess I guess you know when when I think about music like that I, I tend to think of it as being um, and and again this is what you know with what little limited knowledge I have of, of goth and industrial music but I think of it being as being very kind of self serious. No, is, no, that's the no. thing. It's so hilarious now. I mean, first of all, you got bands like Hansel and Gretel who do songs like "More German Than a German," sure, which includes the line "More Wiener Than Schnitzel, More Ram Than Stein." Okay, um, fair enough. Or you've got again caustic. Uh, you got the gothicals. You got the causticals, which is gothic, which is co- gothicals combined with caustic. You have there's there's no band I think that really takes themselves super seriously. Or I think a lot of those bands are kind of gone and fell yeah. by the wayside. They didn't last very long, but yeah, um, it, it's. 
and I, you know, and even if it is super serious, some of the super serious stuff I really like. So yeah. that's the way I look at it. And and like I say, to me, it's a. Uh, um, you know, it's what you have out there for punk. There's a lot of rap that I, I love. A lot of laptop rappers, and you know, I I love Sage Francis, yeah. uh, uh, MC Lars, yeah. uh, Scroobius Pip. Those guys. You know, I, I would label all that. To me, if it's if it's rebellious and weird and just made by outcast, it's punk rock. And then there's pop, which is stuff that's not so bad. You know, what I mean, you could kind of listen to it, and and it's it's fine. And then there's you know, bubblegum, which is everything else. <laughs> everything else is bubblegum. I, I, I'm, a, you know, I'm amazed at how how active you keep up with new with new music. I mean, a lot of it. It seems like a lot I, of it is going to the record store and hanging out. And I asking worry people about, about yeah, musicians that don't. I yeah. worry about you know. Like, I, I know people. It's just that's haven't. Like mo- that's like most people. But right? it's sad. It's sad yeah. because you know I, I meet always people that haven't bought a new record. You know, like the last thing they bought was like 1986, a Meat Puppets record. Yeah. You know, and they just kind of stopped there. Yeah. And there's there are whole stations that cater to those people. You know, there are entire, that, that has, every station caters to those (laughs) catering to the old, you know, like, okay, well, you don't want to hear anything new or rebellious. So here's, here's some pixies and, you know, here's some grizzly bear. Oh, isn't this alternative and dangerous, you know? And, but you, but you still, I mean, you still listen to old stuff, right? No, I really, I I can't say no, but I rarely, if ever, if I rarely, if ever, I've just been, I'm so fascinated by new stuff. I I have this, like, not, and maybe it's because I, I just dislike what became of a lot of the older acts. But I rarely, if ever, go back. And, there's some stuff I will listen to every now and then, or I'll find it. You know, I, 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 my MP3 players and stuff are always on random and filled with a ton of things. So it's kind of nice when, like, an old Clash song comes on. Like, you hear Radio Clash, yeah. you know, stuck in there, you know, with, like, ego-likeness and, and strip mall architecture. It just it, it, it sits in there nicely. It, a lot of the stuff holds up, uh, but some of it, no, it doesn't. How much of uh, how much of going out and and playing again as a dead milkman is 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 about you know new music is about going and not a lot and not a lot the rest of the guys don't really listen to a lot of stuff I listen to yeah um I, and when they tell me the stuff they like I get angry <laughs> and, um, and, but I mean they're great guys and I love them to death I just would never ever ever you know it, it used to be we had a common language what's and, what's the most what's the most embarrassing thing. What that they like? Yeah. Now remember, they're nice guys. They like yeah. Wilco. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and like they might be giants. Yeah. I hate those bands. I really, really. I'm not a bad person, but I hope they might be giants go blind. Oh no. <laughs> no, not forever. They seem like no, nice just guys. Just like a week or two. Oh, they're probably nice guys, yeah. but that's the problem. I'm a terrible guy, but I'm an interesting musician. Why? <laughs> you know? Why do you? Hit, why? Why? <laughs> I hate that. Any of that sort. Of, I think they're responsible for for that. For what I call like the striped shirt people, yeah. you know, they have that that they look like they they're there's nothing Saturn somebody in their thirties or forties that looks like they dress from the Sears Juniors department, uh-huh. and they've got the striped shirt and they just want to be a boy. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like I, I never went through a period where I where I wanted to be younger than I am. You know, and and or particularly have my childhood yeah. back. I always wanted to be an adult, and I hate that sort of crazy. And now it's everywhere. It's like this crazy. You can't go. All it gets booked anymore are these crazy, wacky duos from, from Williamsburg. Like, I'm called Fred, and she's called Frederica. Can you believe that? That's crazy. I play the spoons, and she plays the accordion. I just want to punch both of them. Guys, Valentine's Day is coming up. That means that this episode of RIYL is also brought to you by Sherry's Berries. You go to their website. It's B-E-R-R-I-E-S. Enter the coupon code. It's like, as in recommended if you like uh, also, you know, if you like somebody, give them some Valentine's Day stuff. You get, you get some of the the giant berries starting at uh, twenty dollars. That's over forty percent off. 
Um, you can double the order for ten extra dollars. Um, and oh, and I should say that you know they very very kindly sent uh, sent me some to try out because you know I'm going to talk about the product on the show, um, and they were very gigantic strawberries that it was very delicious but um i didn't eat them all myself full disclosure cherries berries i uh, gave them to some folks and you know i think i've um made some li- lifelong friendships and you know maybe if you want to be a, a, a little bit more than friends this this valentine's day uh this could be the way to do it um so you go to their website it's b-r-r-i-e-s.com there's a there's a microphone in the top right corner you click on that you enter l-i-k-e you're good to go. Uh, offer ends Thursday, so you've got like one more day to do that. To get on that. Um, so thanks to them. Thanks to uh, Squarespace. Thanks to you for listening. Here's more show. If, again, if you can't even you know bring yourself to, to listen to older music for the most part, it's um, I don't know. It's, it seems a little counterintuitive that you would want to go back and play the old songs, right? No, because no. Johnny, there was a thing with Johnny Mathis when they asked him about playing Chances Are. Yeah. And he's like, well, how do you do that? I think this is a John Waters thing. I think John Waters actually had asked him this question. Yeah. And he said, how do you go back and play that night after night? He says, look, for me, it's the 400th time playing it or whatever, yeah. 4,000. But for the person in the audience who came to hear it, it's the first time. Yeah. And I don't mind playing, you know, there's, there's old stuff that I play where, um, you know, I, I probably enjoy it more than the other guys. I'm like, yeah, we're doing this, you know. So, I, and, and we like to play tons of new stuff, too, which is, again, counterintuitive because I always think of the whole – I always try to bring up to the guys, so let's put all these new songs in the set. And I'm like, you guys do understand nobody comes to do, see new songs. But they don't yeah. get that. They're like, no, yeah. no, I'd really like it if I went to see a band and they did new songs. I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, but they, I, I always use the whole reference of um, Bowie playing when he was uh, – Trent Reznor was opening up for him. And yeah. Bowie did that all-new stuff at the that Garden. And every, most of the audience left. That was like in, yeah. I think, 94 or something. Yeah, yeah. Or but the uh, – um, so I always uh, um, I bring that up, but then again, they're right. We're I always I like to play a lot of new stuff because I point out we're a fully functioning punk rock band. There's nothing sadder than going to see the people who are out there playing their classic record again. You know, that's that's not what punk you mean rock that, that's sort of like that front to back in its entirety. Yeah, we're going to play it deal. front to back in its entirety, and we're going to look bored. I saw X play. Um, Oh, oh, Los Angeles front uh-huh. to back, which and they they stomped. They were yeah. amazing. They kicked, but they were better than they had more energy than than twenty year olds on stage. They were amazing. That was great to see. But I have friends that went to go see um, the Pixies do Doolittle front to back, that, and yeah. these people are like, "It was great. They look really bored on stage." I think you have the right that if you pay money to see somebody and they look bored on stage, to go out and smack the shit out of them. That should be seriously. You should go up, smack the shit out of them, and get get your money back. <laughs> so how I mean how did you know how did you know that it was going to be one thing and not the other with you? How did you know that it was going to be like a new energized thing and not just that kind of old old guys playing old songs? I would have stopped. I would have really yeah. yeah I would have really stopped. And that was the idea when we when we first said we were going to play. We thought we'll play this one show, and then we thought well that was kind of fun. I mean, well, first we, we were going to play one show, but then Philly found out, and they were like, <laughs> "No, you got to play at least two shows in Philly." Yeah. So we were like, "Okay, well, we'll play the basement, and you know, and we had a, uh, that was a lot of uh, the FU, and you know, we'll, we'll go and we'll play, uh, uh, you know, like a smaller venue. That'd be fine." And then we went out and we played the uh, the show in Texas, but that was supposed to be it. But then we were like, "Well, that was kind of fun. Maybe we'll write some songs." And so that's. But the thing was, if we weren't, if, if it had been a, a you know for the, for a buck thing, I wouldn't have been involved because I just uh, there's. 
I, I, my, my wife has all these rules about, like, if I ever do anything of a sellout nature, she goes, you'll be living alone. Because you can't go anywhere after, because you're the guy that sold out. You're the, yeah. you, know, you can't go to shows. You can't go. You just have to, you what, have to sit what, at home. What, con- what constitutes selling out? Oh, uh, we were asked to do a, uh, a jingle. It wasn't by the, by the bank. A jingle. Yeah, it's a funny thing. Not a jingle. They want to use Punk Rock Girl for something oh, for okay. the bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use. And occasionally somebody will come along and want to use the song. We, we always say no. But the money we get offered is obscene. And the thing is, you can't do anything after that. You can't go, how am I going to go to shows and be the guy that gave the jingle to the bank? You know, how am I going to be? It's just, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous, and it, it's not worth the cash. Now, if they offered millions and millions, I might think it. But I, uh, I mean, are, are you, uh, you know, there's, surely there's people who have done in the past who, you know, you can, you can forgive them or have no. been able to move. No, it's it? No, you're, no. You're, I don't know. I don't forgive Kurt Vile for... for from, yeah, from Philly for for slogging off to Bank of America, God, and then Pitchfork, which is the suckiest <laughs> thing on the face of the planet, was like, you know, oh no, but he needed this money to to pay off his record advance. I'm like, gee, that must have been tough. So it, yeah, the uh, it's great because he, you know, Bank of America was the cause and the solution to his financial woes. Yeah, yeah, I think that they should. I think that really take down his freaking mural and put up the Mikey Wilde one that we should have in its place. You, uh, you've, you, you, you've, you've become no you've become no less opinionated. No, you shouldn't <laughs> be. You should be angry or as yeah. you as you get older. Yeah, because you're in pain all the time from your back. Yeah. You should definitely be angry. Yeah. You should, you know. I'm not I just I just can't believe I keep like, you know, like you think we would move past this stuff. Like everybody would understand it's not okay yeah. to do things for like large corporations. I met uh, there was a, a super nice girl uh, that worked for with the podcast I did. She had an apple tattoo. And I'm like, how do you? How do we reach a point? And she's great. She's smart. She's wonderful. Maybe it's ironic. Ironi- I don't know. I, ironic tattoos, though. Still, there's that, that's problematic, and it's that's and it's problematic. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot wrong there. Yeah. Um, I was watching Deadly Women a couple nights back, and they had this uh, Jewish guy with a swastika tattoo, which he got <laughs> just to piss people off. That was his. Like, and yeah. I thought, wow. I don't know. This is the most insane. Like, first of all, you can't be buried. First of all, if you have a tattoo, you can't be buried in an Orthodox cemetery, yeah. for one. And particularly, if, if it's, it's a swastika, swastika they're yeah. probably going to look down on that. Yeah. I, gotta, yeah. I, that, I wouldn't a, advise that. That's not the, probably the smartest move. That, I mean, that, that's always been my my. I, I, I don't I don't have any tattoos, and that's always been one of my my like chief concerns with tattoos. Is like they won't bury you in a Jewish. Cemetery. Well, there's that. <laughs> I mean, I have thought about that, but no, but you know, just that like, you know, I, I, an ironic tattoo in 20 years is probably not gonna. I have one. I'm getting another one. What, what is? What's your first tattoo? Well, I have. I have one, which is a uh, uh, eye, eye in the pyramid. Okay, the, uh, the and, Masonic. Yeah, uh, Masonic, yeah, and uh, um, I got that when I was. I don't even think I was 30 yet. What, why, why, what's the significance of that? It's a great sort of, first of all, it's a great sort of Masonic thing that, that freaks people out. And secondly, are I you was, a Mason? No, no, not okay. a Mason, but we have the big Mason temple yeah. in town. So, in, in which if you ever get a chance to tour it, I toured that. We took uh, John S. Hall from King Missile there once. Yeah, really. And that's, that's the guy to see it with. Um, because John would, would just mess with the, the Masons. Yeah. And they would say like, there are no vertical supports on these stairs. These stairs are cantilevered into the walls. At which point John would go, excuse me, 
sir. It seems as if there's no vertical supports on these stairs. It's as if they're cantilevered into the wall. <laughs> you just like every room. Yeah. And, and they're just like, Ur. and then, you know, John would count the, you know, because every number means something to him there. So yeah. John would, you know, we'd go up and John would go, I noticed there's 17 steps here and 17 things here. And the guy's like freaking out. Like, you, you counted them? I'm like, oh, of course. There's it's like a whole organization based on obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah. It is like totally based on an obsessive. You're right. If you think about the, yeah. <laughs> There's probably like like the, the hand washing ceremony when you get. I mean, up. they're brick counters, right? Yeah, a 33 degree degree yeah. person probably like washes his hand eight times a day, counts his steps to the bathroom yeah. back and forth. And Joey Ramone was like that. Joey Ramone had OCD. I found out, and they would huh. they would be ready to leave for a show, but Joey wouldn't have touched the fence three times on the way back, so he have to drive back so he could do it. And yeah, so so I mean, 30 is you know I guess relatively late in life to get to get a yeah, first tattoo. My friend said, that's something you should do when you're 13, not 30. Yeah. So why why, 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 why finally bite the bullet then, and why, why was that? It just seemed, everybody I knew had them, so it was like yeah. a rite of passage thing. Okay. You know, so that's, that's the real reason to do things. You, so, so peer pressure. Yeah, peer pressure is, I only give in to peer pressure when others of my age or social group do. When my peers do give in to pressure, yeah. I will give, or pressure me, I will give yeah. in to peer pressure. Um, it just it just seemed like a fun thing to do. Yeah. It's in, and I got it. This is again, this is perfect example of how my life is. I get this tattoo and first of all my friend Matt and Sandy dropped me off. Well, one of the reasons I got it was uh, the guy who did it had owed my friend Sandy a favor. So he okay. did it on the cheap. Yeah. And I think I, I tipped him more than, you know, he spent on doing the tattoo. Again, the importance of being a good tipper like I told you earlier. Yep. So yep. he does this tattoo and the experience of it is amazing. Uh, first I'm in there and I'm just sitting waiting on the guy and this girl comes in and she's like, excuse me. I'm like, yes. And she goes, nipples. So, yeah, I mean, it's the best conversation starter of all time. And I'm like, what about them? And she goes, do you do them? And I'm like, what? She goes, do you pierce nipples here? I'm like, oh, I don't work here. She's like, I came to get my nipples pierced. I'm like, don't do it while I'm here, please. Don't, you know, I don't don't want to be around that. And which is weird for me because I really enjoy being around odd and freakish behavior. And um, I, I just, I, I love that. You know, any weird stuff that's going on, I will position myself near that. And just, it, it's just a, a great feed off of, of the energy of weirdos. So I'm, I go in, the guy's tattooing me, and he does it first in black, and then to make it look stony, he does it in white. And he says, now when I do the white, there's going to be a lot of blood coming up. Uh, so if you get feel like you're going to pass out lightheaded, let me know. So I'm like, well, no, I'm not going to. And it really, and this is it, a small. It's a pretty small tattoo. It's a pretty. Right? It's a, well, I got a small arm. I'm not muscular or anything. There's no choice. But it's not. It's not a. Super it's not huge. No, it's not like a back piece. Yeah, it says yeah, yeah. thug life or yeah. anything. You know? But the um. So he's well. He says he goes well. I'm, I'm saying well, I'm not going to pass out. I'm fine. He goes. We get these like big burly like 250 pound six foot two bikers in here. Yeah. And he said they see the blood and they fall right over. So like you learn a lot of awesome stuff. I'm looking forward to getting another one. Yeah. Because you know now that I'm 50, you want to you want to space them out every 25, 30 years. So what? Uh, I, I mean, we were actually briefly talking about yeah. this before we we came here. What? Um, I mean, what? It, what? It, do you know what the second one is yet? No, I haven't. I wanted. We, we talked about a Moog. Uh, synthesizer. Yeah. What I want now is, though, I, I thought, well, that seems a little plain. I want like a plague doctor with a big moog behind him, with a big a plague doctor. Plague doctor. Yeah, those were the guys during the plague that had the uh, the beaks that they would stick. Oh yeah, they yeah, had masks yeah. with the beaks that they would stick in. Yeah, yeah. So um, I thought maybe something along like a plague doctor playing a moog. I think would just be because it would sum me up perfectly. <laughs> I mean, that sounds. I mean, that, that sounds like that's going to take a while, though. That it might like a pretty complicated piece. It, it might. It might yeah. take a you know. But you know, I I. I'll, I'll be free that day. I don't you know. 
Or maybe I can actually just work on some music while they tattoo me <laughs> with the free arm. I'll just set up the laptop and you know, yeah. small keyboard, 25 key, and just pound out something. That'd be good. I wrote this while getting tattooed. So, so I want to. Uh, um, I, I wanted to ask you if, you, if uh, uh, again, again, talking about getting the band back together. I mean, if if it was a difficult decision to make, less one member of the band. Oh yeah, without Dave, I didn't want to yeah. even call it the Dead Milkman. And, and to this day, this is, a, this is another horrible story. Got to remember, when I'm about to tell you this. I was in. I'm recovering from being in a lot of pain. Yeah, when the story takes place. Yeah, which is about a week ago. I've been out walking around and I was feeling a lot better, and all of a sudden, bam, get hit with you know on a scale of one to ten, about a seven or eight. So boom, out of nowhere. And I saw. I, so if you read something, it kind of takes your mind off the pain and bring it down. So I saw oh, Encyclopedia of Dead Rock Stars. And I pick it up and there's Dave was in there. It was a really nice entry for him. It's really, yeah. really sweet and really, really hit it on the you know, nail on the head. And I thought, oh, I should call Dave and tell him about this, <laughs> or at least to this day, you know, uh, he's you know he's been there his years, and 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 I'll still see. I think I'll see him somewhere. Or I'll, and there's a lot of people that look like him. He should have. He's like one of those people that should have copyrighted. Like Johnny Thunder should have copyrighted his look. Yeah, totally. Dave Blood should have copyrighted that look. You see people that look like him all the time. Particularly, there's a lot of bass players that look like him. But the write-up was really nice. It was, uh, um, it was difficult doing it without him, uh, but it was like more difficult. Like us, you know, We'd all been apart for years, and we would get together for things like the, uh, um, the media yard sale, which was a big Dead Milkman reunion thing. And that's where Dean lives, and we'd go around shopping in media. And we all enjoy each other's company. Well, like so. an actual yard sale? Yeah, actually, it's a giant yard sale. It's, yeah. it, it goes all over media. And you can, like, we would just go and... The reunion was literally you guys just Yeah, actually shopping sale. for, going through and, like, laughing at, like, house after house that had copies of his Left Behind books. Yeah. You know, sorry, you left your book behind. <laughs> you know, and then, yeah, just, just generally messing with them. So, yeah, that's, that's how we would reunite. And uh, it's pretty weird because people, if you think about it, at the media yard sale got to see a Dead Milk Memory reunion for free. And sometimes, this is, and this is before Dave died, he would drop in on these. So they would see all four of us every now and then. I, uh, playing or literally just, just No, just shopping. In the same place. But again, yeah. it's, it was free. Yeah. You know? was, it, was, it, was it strange, like, all being together in the same place and not hmm. playing? It's strange. No, it's just strange not being together because you, yeah. if you're crammed into a small space with four other people like that you develop your own language yeah uh the band for what uh 12 13 well for 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 nearly 20 years yeah yeah so the uh, um ego likeness once said that their that their band isn't a band it's a sitcom and that's the way it becomes everybody knows and you just have little jokes that you'll you'll laugh about that nobody else will laugh about and you have all these experiences that and and once you're away from that and and you're out working and you know in the real world or you're you know you're you're dating someone who wasn't stuck in a van with you for all those years or whatever you know who who doesn't know that it's just really weird because all you can do is make these in jokes that your band knows and when we're back together we just pick them up right away uh, Dan Mapp who was our tour manager every mm-hmm. time I see, uh, not tour manager well tour manager sound guy every time I see him we just pick up right with the with the old stuff because it's just become this weird sort of second language so it was odd like not doing it, it was it was really rough. Like you just begin to channel your energies into other things. If if he was, I mean, do you, I, I guess there were some some medical concerns, but do, I mean, if if he was still around, do you, do you, would you guys have gotten back together eventually? If he was still alive and yeah. couldn't and couldn't play, no, 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 no. If he couldn't play, we when we that was the thing we didn't want to do. He, and he couldn't play; he had medical issues because of the way he played. Carpal tunnel. Yeah, yeah, he gave him. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, he he definitely threw himself into his instrument. Um, 
and it's great because he inspired a lot of people. But no, I wouldn't. We wouldn't. Have, that was that was a given. Yes, if if yeah. he was alive, and I think maybe if he died from natural causes, maybe we had. Maybe we wouldn't have. I don't know. I do know I'm hell on bass players. I just lost that, another one. What? How is that different? I mean, in in terms of uh, because it's uh, it's like a sort of longer like you know thing where you don't check out yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of a hard thing to explain. You know, I, I understand what he did. I don't don't judge it or anything. You know. It wasn't like a rock star, I'm so sad. He was in pain, physical pain. And that's, you know, that definitely adds to it and changes your, your perspective. Which is fun, cause, funny because Dave and I used to make fun of suicides all the time. <laughs> we got thrown off the air on a radio station for making fun of this kid that had killed himself. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't Jesus Christ. I forget the kid's name. Well, you have to understand that. Well, yeah, um, he didn't kill himself. Yeah. He, well, no, he, no that. technically that was a suicide. Yeah. He knew what was coming. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're religious and you believe that, you know. You, yeah, he, yeah, he opened you know, his me, big mouth. Yeah. But, uh, um Generally pissing off the Romans will get you killed. Yeah. Um, oh, what was it? Apollonius of Tyr uh, said he was going to part the river and a bunch, you know, part, I think it was River Jordan, and a bunch of people came down to see it. And the Romans were just so tired of these guys that instead of letting him make a fool of himself, they just chopped his head <laughs> off. But, uh, yeah, we, I forget what, it, what the guy had done. And we were, it was like the worst. The obituary was just so poorly written that it made him seem like a <laughs> schmuck. I'm blaming the obituary and not our yeah. callousness here. And, and we just started. And, like, his friends were calling up, I'm going to kill you guys. I'm like, well, if you pay to come to the show, that, that's fine. <laughs> Hey, everybody mentioned it at the top of the show, but uh, worth mentioning again, this episode of ROL is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your online portfolio or website for a free trial and 10% off. Go to squarespace.com and use the offer code ROL. That also happens to be the name of the show that you're listening to right now. Uh, Squarespace has won all sorts of design awards from uh, folks like uh, the AWWW Awards, uh, the FWA, the Webbies, and Forbes. And in fact, uh, this very month, They've got uh, a new feature on the site. So every single Squarespace plan that's uh, personal, professional, uh, and business, you get uh, you get commerce functionality. So you can you know you can make some make some some uh, some money on your site. Uh, if you want to know more details about those plans, you go to uh, blog.squarespace.com/blog/commerce-4-all. Um, probably also just go to Squarespace's blog and you'll be able to figure all that information out. So that's uh, Squarespace, ten percent off free stuff. All you have to do is go to the site and enter the coupon code RIYL. I just, I just can't imagine, like, I, I can't imagine um, you know, having a, a medical issue prevent me from doing what I do. What you love, yeah. What, yeah. You're, what you were born to do. Yeah. Well, it, well, things, and the sad thing was things were kind of done, at, at the, like, if any other band would have thought a way around stuff. Dean had decided to leave, and we didn't want to do it without Dean. Yeah. But, like, most smart bands would have said, oh, we'll continue to record. I think what we really needed was a break. If music was at sort of a low point then. Everybody had been doing this for so long, and everybody had forgotten how miserable the real world is. Yeah, and and I can't well, I can't say the miserable world was miserable. I've actually had some very good jobs and enjoyed myself. But the uh, um, you know, you begin to think you, you're driving every night in your own road. You're driving past and you're looking down these houses. Well, you'll see the lights on and stuff, and you begin to think. That's probably where I want to be. I want to be back in, in that world for a while. And if everybody should quit. Everybody should just stop for a while. That is the thing. That is, you're taking you know, for granted what's actually kind of a cool life. Yeah, well, it's not so much that. It's you're, 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 you're making art. And it's yeah. just, but if it stops being 
fun, just stop. Stop and just let it. Don't go back to it until it's fun again. Was it and, not fun for you? What? Oh, it's miserable for me. I was, it was miserable. Yeah, I was particularly particularly miserable in the last several years of it. Yeah. I think after the first record, I was <laughs> I'm always, I'm such a miserable person. You were just, ta- you were just talking about how, 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 how great, great it was being with them. Oh, yeah. You say your, your memory tends, but there were, I mean, you know, you're seeing, we, we would just get booked over and over in places again. So you're seeing, you're seeing some town for the yeah. third time in six months. You know, the first time, you know, a couple yeah. hundred people come out. The second time. You know, it's 100, and the third time it's 50, and we just kept getting, and it just, a lot of stuff was, decisions were made that were just making me horrible, and back then you had to deal with record companies that were so unpleasant, and just horrifying, horrifying stuff. You did like major labels, too. For, for a while. Yeah. We managed to get, we, ma- we were really proud of the fact we managed to get kicked off of a lot of that. <laughs> David Cassidy cost us one of our labels. They pumped a lot of money into David Cassidy. And in what nineteen ninety or yeah, they had a comeback record, <laughs> okay. and they hired Dave Madden. They flew out Dave Madden to uh, the, the football Mr. announcer. No, not the football announcer. Okay. No, no, oh, I don't know. Madden, Mr. Kincaid from Partridge Family. Are you oh, too young to oh. remember Mr. Kincaid? Okay. Dave Madden played Mr. Kincaid, and he was the manager on the Partridge Family. Oh, he, he just died actually yesterday. Oh man, yeah. I'm bummed. I'm sorry. Who died today? The, the professor died too. The professor died today, and Billy Jack died a couple of weeks ago. I was so bummed about the death of Billy, and nobody at work. I'm talking yeah. about Billy Jack, and like everybody's staring at me. I'm like, Billy Jack, come on, people. Yeah. yeah. But the uh, um, How, what's the age difference? Like, are yeah, you... like what? Yeah. Well, I, I I always forget that. I think everybody should know Billy Jack. Yeah. But the um, I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking to a bunch of like people in their 20s, or a lot of people from other countries. You know, are all you know. What is Billy Jack? And you're trying to explain. Yeah. You can't explain Billy Jack to normal people. But the uh, I have no idea where that would, would you would you would you have um, you know I mean would you do you, do you feel like at any point would you have taken the initiative to kind of have put an end to things? Had I should have shot it. I should have shot it right right then and right there. And, I, but would would would, would you have? I mean, oh yeah. And looking back on it, I should have I should have I should have jumped ship. I should have said it's not what it used to be. Yeah. Just just you know come and get me when you're done. Um, that's the thing, and and you know, it just let it drag on. I feel bad because you know sometimes you're making records just because you're told you have to. You know, oh well, you want to you want to keep not working. Well, it's better to just go get a damn job, you know, and go do that for a while, and then you can. You know, now it's great because we waited till the technology caught up with us. Now I can make stuff at home. Yeah. Now my home studio is what would have cost millions of dollars. I have all these people, I've, you know, friends I've met. You know, through like Twitter and stuff that I work with, and you know, people people I'm big fans of that actually, you know, wow, you're you're talking to them, on, you know, and, and meeting them, and that's cool. And so, yeah, it's um, it's interesting now, but when it got dull, it was just it was so painful, and you're you're just wondering like, how am I going to do this again? How can I? You know, I've jumped through this hoop. It stops being yeah. interesting after a while, and you're like, oh God, this is miserable. Can, can you? I mean, can you point to a record that you felt like you made because? You oh had my to? God! Yeah. Oh Christ <laughs> Almighty! No, Stoney's extra stout. I, yeah, I'm, I didn't the, even the show last, up. For well, the last of, that. of the yeah. original. Yeah, that's that's bad. You didn't show up. What? Well, I didn't. Show, I didn't want to show up for. You it. didn't want to show yeah. up for it. I think. Oh yeah. That's that's and it's a shame because like you know I can tell and and I'll I'll be flat out honest that yeah I yeah. you know made some crap and ripped some people off. I'll never do it again. But you know, I mean, you know, we played some bad shows. Did you, and we, but did yeah. you? I mean, did you feel like you were ripping people off? At the Not time, at the or? time, but now yeah. looking back on it, now that's why I can be so judgmental about other people because I'm honest about it. I go, yeah, don't buy that or don't, you know. Yeah. I think that's why I'm, I think I'm paying penance in this part of my life. That's why I'm always talking about. I never, I don't like to talk about my own. 
own band. I like to talk about other bands. I'll say, here's this great band here. Go, go get their stuff. Or here's this band. Go get this stuff. Or go. I always people, you know, like, I'm going to go out and get the Milkman back catalog. And like, you know, rather than do that, here's some new records, some, you know, really good bands that are out there now. Go get their stuff. Go get, you know, I just, I, I just, and I don't have any of my, I don't, I'm like in a band I'm not, I can't say I'm not a fan of because I enjoy a lot of it. But <laughs> I enjoy the stuff we're doing. Now, the stuff we're doing now, and that always sounds so rock star. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, the new record's going to be the best one ever. Well, yeah. you, I mean, you, you, but it actually is. You enjoy it because you're doing it now, though, right? Or you just think it's better work? It's much better work. It's much, much better work that we're doing right now. I wasn't that crazy about The King in Yellow after I heard it. Uh, my wife loves it. But mm-hmm. I thought, listening back at it, I thought, you know, should have cut this. Should I should have been more assertive on it. Well, I mean, but the new stuff is, yeah. I mean, it's. But that's always the. No, way, no, right? not always. No, because no, I can listen to some stuff and go, yeah, that was it. That was perfect. Yeah. That, that that nailed it. But I, um, but yeah, that that I listen to, I go, oh, you know, I could have chopped a verse out here, or you it know, put a bridge in here. It, it sounds more to me like demos. Like, yeah. you know, there was no, we were all so excited about getting back together and playing that nobody thought to criticize, nobody wanted to criticize, and, 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 and it's good criticism, anybody else's song. Nobody wanted to say, you know, it wasn't until we got way late into it that I began, you know, telling Joe, Joe, is it okay if I move this chorus here and, you know, change this part here? And Yeah. yeah. So. Is, is, it, is, it more, is it more collaborative or, I mean, are more people It's always, we have four it's songwriters, so yeah. it's always been, it's always pretty much being collaborative it's always everybody tends to tends to i tend to hog up a lot of it but um you know because i was i i tend to get the bulk of the lyrics i tend because but to me the lyrics are just stuff they say the other guys say the stuff and they forget it and i remember it so they'll say you know wouldn't it be great to do a song about this or that and then they'll forget they said that and then i'll I'll write the lyrics all about the same thing that's really good like of course you think it's good you said it (laughs) yeah i'm i'm often amazed by that if you keep your ears open i um Sid Caesar and the show of shows. Sure. Yeah, they had Mel Brooks writing for yeah. it and Carl Reiner. He would just sit there and just listen to what stuff that they would throw back and forth, and he would nod, and his secretary would write down different stuff. And they had the whole show written just from them just sitting around bullshitting. It's the same thing. If you sit and you listen to people, then you're instantly going to pick up all your songs are there. I went to a. So you get songwriting credit, but you're just kind of cherry picking. Uh, everybody gets songwriting credit, though. But if you're, but, if you're but, in a band, give everybody songwriting yeah. credit. Everybody writes the song. Uh, I was at a, um, I was at a memorial thing. It was a, a DJ thing for this dark corner they used to have here, and they had a memorial for the guy who ran it. And this girl got up and said one sentence, and it was the most quotable, wonderful sentence. I need to turn it into a song. She said, "He was an asshole." But he was my kind of asshole, <laughs> and I'm like, how can you not? Like, how yeah. co- how did everybody not turn to each other and go, yeah, I'm going to turn that into a song? I'm, like, I'm just I'm amazed. People tell me all sorts of great stories, and I, I've I've got like a backlog of stuff because sometimes I'll sit down to write something that's a song, and it becomes another song later on. We have a, a song called um, uh, "Now I Now I Want to Hold Your Dog," and that started out to be a song called "25 Women Who Rock Harder Than Danzig," and. It was just a celebration because I know that's, that, that's a pretty good name. Yeah, it was. I thought it was yeah, pretty good. I'm kind of sad that, that that went by the wayside. Yeah, side. yeah, kind of. Yeah, well, yeah. It, but it did turn into now. I want to hold your dog. Like, yeah. it, it's rare that I'll. Sometimes a, a whole song just leaps from your head. Like I'll have it already. I'll just sit down. I'll play yeah. it, and I'm like, that's it. That's you know, and that happens pretty regularly. But the other thing, because I I'll think about them for a while. I'll do the uh, H.L. Mencken with. Think about something for a long time before you write about it. Yeah. So I'll you know walk around and think yeah, da, da, and I'll go home and I pretty much have it ready. But the uh, um, every now and then something just kind of sits there and doesn't move. Um, dark clouds gather over uh, uh, Middlemarch, 
was one where it just sat. I had it pretty much all ready, but it was dying. And then Dean said, here, just do this, like, three or four guitar notes. Just put this rip in your dear, dear, yeah. dear, dear. And I'm like, oh, that's freaking perfect. Breathe life back into it. Like, I, nobody else could have done that. I, I, I got I to gotta ask you, like, have you ever um – have you ever not you know, like carried a I guess carried a song to term because it was too dumb like content wise yeah I should have probably not done that I don't <laughs> think you can do that I think that you probably throw away a lot of great stuff that uh, um, I think I think a lot of songs get carried to term that should have been dumber yeah um, in other words like you listen to a lot of sort of bombastic stuff if, yeah. if you listen to Things yes, are too self-serious yes is, which would you rather hear yes is don't kill the whale dig it dig it or um, or Hansel and Gretel's Born to be Hiled. You know, Hansel and Gretel don't say, wait, this is too dumb. Yeah. We can't, you know, yeah. we can't do that. Um, it's, uh, so it's, yeah, I mean, I think that if you go too intellectual, I've, rock and roll is basically a battle between sort of, you know, the intellect and, and you know, I don't know what, the foot maybe. I don't, some, like sort, some sort of gland or... that we haven't found yet. But it's, a, it's, it's yeah. if it gets too intellectual, then it becomes, you know, it's like, it, it's like trying to bring. I always say it's like trying to bring you know intellect to female jello wrestling. It just it can't be done. It is what it is. And uh, if it gets too dumb, it's 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 sort of jock rock. It's unlistenable. Well, where do you where do you where do you stand? Because you, you know you're and and and. Interviews I've read with you, you're, you're, you've got some pretty not surprisingly strong political stances. And where do you fall as far as being political in music? Oh, I'm very. I belong to the Green Party. I'm yeah. a very loud mouthed atheist socialist. But, but in terms of in terms of songwriting, oh, it's also, it's amazing me when people always say the the best way to, to uh, one of the I had an epiphany. I'd gone to see the Dead Kennedys with Joe Biafra in the '80s. Yeah, and it was horrifying. It was so bad. Really? Um, yeah, because they'd play a song and then Jello would lecture for 20 oh, sure. minutes. You know, and let me tell like, you what happened. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was some transitioning I saw, into I his other career. I liked Jeff Penalty sang for him because he was fun, you know, and, and the songs were good, but it, it was just like, yeah, and there were like people like, you know, staying next to me. He's so right. He's so right. I'm like, he's so boring. And so um, I think that if you, I'm often amazed. People say, well, none of your songs are, pol- are political. I think Big Lizard in My Backyard is about the U.S. incursion in, into Central America. Uh. You know, we, we, we hide all this stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. And then to me, uh, like, I used to get upset when, you know, obviously people didn't get it because we weren't hitting him over the head. Yeah. Joe always thought it was hilarious. Joe would, Joe would find it, you know, we, we, Joe would smuggle all these brilliant intellectual things, you know, references to, you know, great writers and stuff in there. And, and people would totally miss it. And Joe loved that. Yeah. Joe, I think he still does. I think he still sneaks stuff in to this day that you're like, wow, that, that's absolutely brilliant. It's easy to get, I mean, it's easy to get stuff by when people think you're dumb <laughs> when people think that you're you know your lyrics are dumb right it's yeah it's uh, simple. um yeah it's and now i'm just i've been writing stuff for just for have fun yeah i just uh, um you know got to do uh, i say the new one i just having fun like ronald reagan killed the black dahlia that's you know i mean the idea was there's a, a book called tear down this myth mm. which basically tackles the whole I, i'm amazed i was walking by and they had like a book it was ronald reagan shaking hands with tip o'neill it's like uh-huh. you know like how they used to work together everything sonic yeah, yeah, yeah ronald reagan was not some sort of moderate ronald yeah. reagan was you know ronald reagan was responsible for trickle down economics voodoo economics which doesn't everybody's work. a moderate in yeah. retrospect ronald scene, reagan right? actually <laughs> oversaw religious genocide by having yeah. you know aids happened and and he was happy you know i mean you know his his his, his base is basically, oh, this is you know biblical retribution. Well, he didn't say anything he did for nothing. how many years? What? He didn't mention it for no, how many No, he didn't mention it for, for, for yeah, and his whole term in office, he never mentioned yeah. it. It's, uh, and I mean, I could just sit there and go, you know, point after point. I ran Contra. 
you know, he sold weapons to two-thirds of the access of evil. It's just absolutely amazing. And so I thought, you know, you can, you can either go and you can make that point, and it's not – you can stand on a street corner or, you know, do like Hyde Park, and you can make that point, and you can sit down and write a serious song called Ronald Reagan Was Not a Moderate. Where, or you could just say Ronald Reagan Killed the Black Dahlia, and you open the door. And I, I'm so – I just want somebody to argue with me about it because I just want to say that, you know, I want to say that I've never seen the death certificate. I've seen copies of the <laughs> death certificate, but not the actual death certificate. You know, that, that would be great and just argue it from that point or just say, you know, find somebody who's really into Reagan and say, do you, say, do you think Ronald Reagan was incapable of killing a woman. He was that weak. <laughs> so, so like you know, there there have been obviously, you know, books and books written about the the the, the purpose, if, if any, of, of of protest songs and of, of political music, and I'm, and and you know that that seems. Um, I, I guess the question seems to like even intensify further when you're writing. Mm-hmm. Songs that are political but are kind of veiled, you know, that nobody really understands. You know, what is the purpose of? No, well, because of doing you're that? smuggling. You're to me, it's it's I'm smuggling it, a point. Like in. sub subconscious. I don't uh, want to hit anybody over the head. I want people to be able to have fun with. It. I think that, uh, you know, that whole I don't want a revolution. I can't dance to. Yeah. There's a lot of. Uh, I, I'll use Ambassador Twenty One as an example. Uh, Ambassador Twenty One, very danceable, very political. Uh, you know, very good stuff. Uh, and and it's kind of smuggled in there, and you know they have great songs about anonymous, the hackers, you know, which I like to play when I'm DJing because it's you know we who is anonymous, we are anonymous, so good, good way to start. Sure, um, you know, there's get your name in there. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah, totally. But and, you know, there's all this sort of great stuff that's out there. Uh, I think Angel Spit are incredibly um, political, and they have mm-hmm. you know like a song like My Cubicle, My Little Gray Cubicle, absolutely brilliant, or just a. Uh, um, you know, my friends used to show off their tats. Now they talk about filling their bank vaults. Mm-hmm. Mellow is the new black. Your life is fucked and it's all your fault. Um, I just, I think there's all this great lyrical stuff out there now that you can, like I say, kind of dance to. My friend Caustic just had a song called Hands Up, It's a Raid, which is one of the best political songs. He had a young lady named Putana sing it. And it is incredible. It's catchy. It's incredible. It's really, really good. It's brilliant. And, and, and again, it's fun, and you can dance to it. They're not hitting you over the head. It, that, to me, that's the way that The Clash were. The Clash yeah. made fun music. When The Clash started taking themselves very seriously, you know, it wasn't so fun. The music wasn't that good. You know, there's, there's, it's, it, there's a lot of people out there listening to stuff because they were hooked in by the fun and not you know, the seriousness. I, there's a lot of stuff I'm just turned off by. Because it's just so grim and so, you know, a woman lies dying in Chile. I'm like, oh, God. I could turn, you know, I could take that topic, all right? And I could probably turn that. I could take Pinochet, you know, wiping this. And The Clash actually did that. If you think of Washington Bullets, there's a great example of a political song. Yeah. Washington Bullets is a great, and, and I remember, this is, this is absolutely true story. I was walking down, this not a couple blocks from here, where we are now, and there were, uh, Two young ladies out with a little child, couldn't have been more, four or five, and they had a xylophone and a guitar, and they were, they were all singing Washington Bullets. Wow. And I stopped by and watched it, and I just yeah. burst into tears. It was like such a great moment. I just like started crying. Like, That's absolutely so cool. It's little kids like, you know, every cell in Chile will tell the cries of the tortured men. And I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. It's like four years it's old. It's like Pete Seeger or something, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it, was, like, it was totally, yeah, yeah it was like, it, it's, it should have right then and right there, like, you know, everybody should have stopped and sang along. Yeah. It was absolutely brilliant. I'm just I'm 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 you know I'm wondering like <laughs> I'm I'm lo- I'm loath to admit it but like I had a yeah. I had a friend in yeah. college yeah. who you know was uh was like a Christian guy like mm-hmm. and really liked really loved Rage Against the Machine. That's Obviously, interesting. 
obviously a pretty you know leftist. No, I well, at least leftist. I, I, ideologically, right? Progressive? No, 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 so? no, no. I don't think they understood what they were. I, they were the, the Rage Against the Machine are the guys that, and uh, Nothing Against Tom is, is the guitar player, is yeah. a nice guy. Rage Against the Machine are the kind of guys that they, they don't read Das Kapitel, they read the Cliff Notes version. Sure. You know what I mean? And it's, uh, um, you know, to me, you know, the one guy went to Harvard. To me, that's, the, that's I'm, I'm, from the working class, I know real leftist politics. Okay, but but, but to me but, that was that was that was sort of cliff notes. But I see your point. I, the, uh, on the surface, on the surface, yeah. leftist. Yes, and, and you know, and my my question is, you know, I, I, does no real leftist wants to free Mumia? Trust me. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, and obviously, you know, yeah. obviously they're all millionaires now, yeah, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. but they could buy and sell me. They have him silenced. Yes, <laughs> but. But uh, uh, you know, do, does it seep yeah. in? Does that does that does does that ideology seep in if you listen to it enough? You know, will, will, does it change minds? Uh, you know, I, well, with the Christian, it's interesting because the early, if you look at uh, early twentieth century Christianity in America, it was very leftist. They were all socialists. They were all, yeah. and, and you're basically, I mean, they're basically following a poor hippie with no shoes. And uh, I mean, they're picking and choosing. They're not mentioning the whole part: sell your clothes to get a sword. Although sure. a naked guy with a sword is, is kind of frightening. Um, I think I think it does seep, and I see a lot of people react to it later on. They'll say like, you know, oh, when I was young, I listened to this, but yeah. now I'm, and and yeah, I wouldn't want to have the same mindset forever. But uh, um, yeah, I, I think it, I, I'm amazed at how completely void of politics music is now. Absolutely frickin' void of politics. It's nobody, you know. It, basically, these people all, you know, claim to be these sort of progressive types, but none of them is very. I, I, I don't hear many very what I call intelligent voices amongst the, the sort of alternative crowd, you know, and the ones that, the, you know, every town and then somebody rises up from that group yeah. and is, is pretty loud and fun. And, uh, they, they, that person gets kind of shoved down. Mm. You know, I thought the, uh, um, I, 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 I am an absolute awe of Amanda Palmer, who I think is a genius. I think Amanda Palmer is the grenade in the room, the bull in the China shop. Mm. Uh, and what I think her record should have gotten a lot more attention, which is a great record than it did. I think when you've got Amanda Palmer up there naked shouting out leftist politics, I think that's a frightening thing that to a, to a, uh, a business has become so apolitical and yeah. it's just gone out of its way. You know, they have nice politics. You know, you can sort of say, you know, feed the poor, but you can't say smash the corporation that's sure. putting this record out. So yeah, that uh, I'm absolutely. It's I think you can't I, encourage I, violent. I would revolution. even I would yeah. I mean I would even say you know I, I'm not a right winger, but it'd be refreshing to hear something violently right wing <laughs> just because. Oh look, that person's political. I think yeah. there's some good there's some good fascistic music if you if you there, look hard. There enough. is uh, well the, you know when the Ramones first came about they came about they were there were, there was all this horrible hippie stuff and they in reaction to that they used to do stuff like. Uh, um, Beat on the bat, brat with a baseball bat. That's yeah. kind of a bad example. Of that um, they they had all the uh, um, oh god like uh, um, commando, and they had yeah. all the songs about you know sort of the was, army, yeah, so, the yeah army, sort of yeah. sort of very German songs and very yeah. you know and uh, um, you know Blitzkrieg Bop and stuff like that. And well, that was so sort of ironically fascistic stuff. Yeah, I mean, ironically, that was, that's yeah. always been a thing. Yeah, nobody, Bowie, yeah. right? I mean, Bowie's mm-hmm. always been a little ironically fascistic. Well, the the. Um, Legs McNeil once said, because we were talking about, uh, somebody's talking about the whole belly thing with the, yeah. uh, um, the, the you know, the, uh, the uh, sig hile. My yeah. hand won't even do it. <laughs> <laughs> my hand says no. That's, that's a horrible thing to do. I, my arm won't make the gesture. But the, uh, um, sure, go ahead. But the, uh, um, Legs McNeil once said that, uh, Rock and roll, if it's done the right way, it is the devil's music. Yeah, and that's totally. You have to have this, you know, this dark, horrible streak in it, or it becomes, you know, 
it, it becomes boring. To me, that that's why I you know I always thought it'd been great if. Uh, and that's kind of where the whole mindset of uh, what I'm working writing now for Songwise is. I like to imagine a world where the um, the Beatles lost the war and uh-huh. the Velvet Underground won. Uh-huh. I think that would be a much better world. Like you know, where Sgt. Pepper nobody bought it. And I was just reading the uh, actually I just read a review of it for the Philadelphia Review of Books. I was uh, the uh, um, Richard Hell his autobiography. Oh, yeah, 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 which yeah. I, yeah, I, I dream right, yeah. a very clear. And he's great because in he's an unabashed Beatles hater. Uh-huh. And and like like there, hating there the Beatles, are very few of them. It's like it's well, you're not allowed to admit it in rock and roll. You can't say the Beatles sucked, which they did, and you can't say I hate jazz. And jazz is like the worst music ever. I mean, seriously, it is hands down. It's like it's musical wallpaper, and it, and it's really enjoyed by rich white kids and nobody else. You know, and it's like I'm really enjoying the black experience. Yes, yeah, sure you are, Jay Penningworth the third. But the uh, the point is that he goes off in there about how bad Sergeant Pepper is, yeah. and he has to listen to it in order to get laid because this girl is making him listen. He's like. God, this is embarrassing. And I just thought it was so refreshing to read that. And so I started, I've been thinking about um, Philip K. Dix, The Man in the High Castle, which is the first sort of alternative history. And I was actually going to write a book, rock, Alternative Rock and Roll History Museum, kind of like a collection of short stories yeah. I have that, where things went the other way. It began with a, my most rejected short story ever is a short story called Roll in Columbia about um, Woody Guthrie being a, a, a murderer. He kills hookers. <laughs> now, as Woody Guthrie says in the, in the story, in order to understand the working man, you got to kill a few working girls. I mean, it's and, and imagine it's like a um, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, imagine, the yeah, imagine the stuff I got back on that. The yeah. rejections, the rejections alone were worth writing it for. And so I thought, well, what can I do with these? So I began to write it. So I thought it would be great if I if I kind of used that. So in, in my mind, like half the record takes place in that world and half in our world. So yeah. If you were to jump back and forth, I think there's a like a, a, you know if, if alternate universes don't exist, obviously because you know it's just logically it makes no sense. If every time a rock falls on Pluto, yeah. You know, there has to be the rock Another not universe. falling or yeah. 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 But the uh, um, if there were, I think that there would be a world where at one point, you know, the, the Velvet Underground won, and you had this like Velvet Underground morning cartoon show, and I thought that would be great. You know, a little cartoon dog that they would hang out with and run all around, and instead of the monkeys, there would have been who they tried to fashion on the Beatles, there would have been the junkies. And, and just, I mean, they yeah. they kind of started. I mean, loaded, right? Isn't loaded them them going in that direction anyway? Yeah. Of them becoming a pop. They did, you know, when uh, uh, when Kale was out of the band, they yeah, kind of became well, a pop yeah, band. There's, there's, yeah, there's 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 so many versions of it. By the time they get done, there's a version of Velvet Underground with nobody from the original band in it. And, yeah. yeah that, that always amazed me when, you know, the band had been replaced so many times there are no original members. I'm yeah. Always, that's, that, to me, is fascinating. Yeah. I always thought we should have just done that with the Milk Was Just begin replacing ourselves so that there would be a version in the future that would, yeah. Like the, like the Blue Man Group of just, like... Um uh, uh, franchising or like Menu- like Menudo, yeah. Or Devo tried it with Devo V two, yeah. or Devo two O, which was kind of sad because it was like this that 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 bummed me out. That yeah. was yeah. I'm a big Devo fan. L- l- let me ask you because I've 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 had for uh, about an hour now, and and I, the tea shop's probably closing pretty soon. But um, I kicked out. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm in Philadelphia for you know I guess yeah. about another day, um, and I'm wondering what. What, uh, what, what's kept you here? Oh, um, when I first got here, it was the greatest. Now I want to leave. But, um, you're, from, you're from PA. I'm from PA. I'm from about an hour outside of here. But when I first came here, it's where weirdos went. I mean, yeah. if, you, if, really? you, if you were yeah. too weird for New York, you came here. Huh. Yeah, if you would have been run out of San Francisco on a rail, you came here. It was, it was this great— There's always been weirdos in New York, though. And what? New York and San Francisco, you don't— But there's—, but there's 
weirdos in New York, but they're, they're sort of like, you know, if you were weird and had a trust fund, you could make it in New York. Yeah. If you were weird and had a trust fund down here, it would beat you up and take your trust fund. Yeah. It was more, it was, well, it was, was a lot, there's a lot fewer weirdos in New York than there used to be, certainly. Yeah. Now. And, and Philly was just so accepting. It was, uh, yeah. um, you know, we used to come in for shows and people would talk to you. I mean, it was just, you know, for a lot of friends I have, I've had for 30, 40, you know, well, 35 years or whatever. I would maybe about 15, let's say 30 years, a little bit more, um, that people I met record shopping because they saw somebody else looking at the same weird records. Yeah. It, was, it was that tight of a scene uh, for, like, the longest time. And it was just everybody knew everybody else. Everybody got along really well. And, and it wasn't like D.C. where you could get your butt kicked or yeah. New York. You know, bands would come out from D.C. and New York and fight. And we'd be like, why? You paid to get in to see a band and you're getting thrown out for fight? That's yeah. stupid. How much money do you people have? What do yeah. you, you know, like, you know, like, you could spend you can that fight money for free. Beer. Yeah, you can fight for free outside. <laughs> we'll pay you. Yeah. We will. You can make money. We'll pay you to fight each other. It was just. It, it was. Uh, um, it was cheap. It was weird. I loved it. It was. A, it, you know. It's. It's a. It, if you're in the right spot, it's a great combination of Paris, London, you huh. know, New York. It, it is. It is that good. It is. It, it was. It's that wonderful. And it was just. A, a, a great place and it's so unfriendly to musicians that you had to be, have a band here <laughs> because like musicians anywhere else they they. People would be, oh, this is great. You know, you're a musician. Or I go, I go up to Boston and say, you know, oh, you know, tonight in the club is this band and that band. And I was like, that's weird because in Philly, being a musician is like two rungs below plucking chickens, mm-hmm. to, you know, with your teeth. I mean, it's just, and, and that's the way it should be. It should be the bands that made it here are bands that went through this really tough process. Yeah. It wasn't a, a loving sort of, you know, like, oh, we accept you. You know, still, <laughs> I still can't go into most places without being watched. I'm sure there's still clubs I'm banned from. And, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, to me, that's interesting. That's well, the way it should be. I mean, it's, it's, it seems like then what the like what i guess one of the many things that the the goth scene affords you and, and places like digital fair affords you is is kind of some semblance of that right of that tight-knit oh it's totally because to they, because again if you have because they're in there playing magic the gathering tonight, well, that, that you know? too <laughs> but that too but the fact that they you know like us they were kind of locked out of it you know we couldn't get to play clubs yeah. and stuff you know and if you want if i want to go see you know like i say the, the quirky duo from williamsburg I got eight different venues in this town to go yeah. see them, you know. And it used to be when we were coming up, it was that way with, you know, sort of uh, uh, not heavy metal, but sort of proto metal, you know, uh, sort of dinosaur rock bands. So, you know, there are thousands of places to go see them, but punks couldn't get to play a show. And it's that way here. If I want to go see, I went to go see um, Ivarden Sphere, who are brilliant. This was a show with Ivarden Sphere, uh, ESA, and the DJ. Um, Adversary, God, I can't remember who else. And actually, uh, came along to that show was Rebecca Cosboom from um, from Strip Mall Architecture, who one of the greatest singing voices on the planet. She was in Dark Drive Clinic, but unfortunately, they said, "What kind of world is it?" Dark Drive Clinic had to break up because it was costing them like so much money, and they, you know, absolutely horrifying. That, that was a great band, Dark Drive Clinic. Or she came along out, and we all went out to see that. And that was a great show. There were, I don't know, maybe like 150 people at that. Max, you know that yeah. that to me is the way the punk rock shows were. Here's this great thing; it was like five bucks to get in. Here's this great show going on here that is absolutely amazing. That twenty years from now, okay, there's 150 people there. Twenty years from now, there'll be a thousand people who claim they were yeah. there. So when I used to go see Black Flag, yeah. Black Flag, there was like 50 people in the audience. Now I meet. I'm I, if you take a poll in Philly, you'll meet, you'll have five thousand people raise their hands. Say, yeah, I was there at that show. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, can can punk rock ever come back around? Can it ever be it a cool around. thing? It's it, it, still, it, it, never, it never died. No, it never. But like, I mean, it became this 
blow to thing you weren't interested in anymore for well no that's that's not punk rock that's what they did do it yeah that, that's the marketing that's the um Oh, the commodification of cool. Yeah. It's the, uh, the, the baffler thing. The guys who wrote the baffler uh, wrote a whole book. Actually, our song, Commodify Your Descent, was a, a, a play on that. Um, uh, the guy who actually went on to uh, Frank's, uh, who wrote What's the Matter with Kansas? Go back oh, and yeah, find, yeah, 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 yeah. find his Frank, earlier yeah. stuff for the baffler. It's absolutely brilliant. And particularly around that time when they're doing music reviews of the sort of crappy grunge stuff. And they, they were, baffler was brilliant. They predicted the bursting of the uh, internet bubble long before anybody else. Yeah. And they also had, read the book Boob Jubilee. Boob Jubilee. Boob Jubilee. Boob, yeah, it can make my wife laugh. But my <laughs> wife has the most scatological sense of humor. Sure. So if you go Boob Jubilee, she'll yeah. crack up. But um, Boob Jubilee has always great essays in it, like uh, Interns Built the Pyramids, where they begin to talk about the fact that these companies were had these uh, interns doing in there doing the work of yeah. people should be paid. Now, in order to be an intern, you have to have a certain income. Your parents, you have to be able to live for free. Somebody's got to be supporting that. So that's wealthy parents. And these are the kids that would get hired. So it basically created this loop where they were going to work for the companies they'd intern in, but they weren't getting any sort of fresh ideas. So Boob Jubilee, uh, a fantastic book. But uh, um, and we started with The Baffler, and we somehow talked about punk rock. How that It's hard to backtrack on this stuff. You were asking if it would come around again. Oh, yeah. that's right. I was saying it never stopped coming yeah. around. It became, it warped. It became Rasputina. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it became not, you know, uh, you know, a bass drum and a uh, uh, guitarist with a singer. It became three women with cellos. It became the Dresden Dolls. You know, mm. it became, you know, a duo of, you know, piano and drums. It became, it warped into about a thousand things that, that classically you wouldn't recognize as punk rock. Yeah. But, it's um I forget which it might have been Justice Potter. It said I I can't define pornography, but I know it when I see it. Yeah, I can't define yeah. punk rock, but I know it when I hear sure. it. And I it became people with laptops. You know, it became you know yeah. it, it just it it scattered. People said, look, I'm not interested right now in something with guitars. And now it's weird because guitars are coming back into it. It's if you listen to Crystal System and Crystal System are I think as punk rock as you're going to get. And Crystal System have guitars in there. And I, I, and I think Rage is, is a great punk rock record. People say, oh, there's no good, more good punk rock records. And I said, point to them. I go, here's a song. Here's a thing called Rage. Just go listen to this record. Because I go, oh, well, that is punk rock. So I started a new job like, uh, like God, I, I guess like two or three weeks ago uh, at the time of this recording. Um, and uh, I was trying to figure out. So I gave myself a week between my jobs and I was trying to figure out what to do with that time. Um, you know, I thought maybe I would like I would fly somewhere, um, have a, like a nice uh, kind of like explore a city that I haven't been to before. Uh, I get a really horrible fever. Um, I'm in bed for about three days, so I jump on a train. I go to Philadelphia. This is this is the thing that I did the um, the the last time I had some time off. I mean, granted, the last time I had some time off, um, I, I had a lot less money to get to, to actually you know like to, to get anywhere. So, play tickets were totally out of the question. But listen, great trip. Philadelphia is an awesome city. There's like there's a lot of great record stores, um, a lot of awesome bookstores, lots of good comic stores. Kind of like amazed at all of these things. I, th- I think they just haven't been like priced out of the neighborhood the way uh, the way they tend to here in New York City. But um, list of things to do. Um, go to uh, go to the, the Mütter Museum. That was pretty. It was pretty high up there. Um, you know, again, check out some of the uh, shops in the area. And then number three was find a member of the Dead Milkmen who um, 
who actually would hang out with me for an hour or so, uh, figure out a good excuse to do it. Good, uh, this this podcast was as good as any, so um, uh, emailed Rodney, told him I was going to be there. Um, he suggested the place. Uh, I said I'm staying near Old Town. He said, um, do you know where Digital Ferret is? I said, I, I don't know what Digital Ferret is. And he said, meet me at Digital Ferret. And I go to this um, this record store. It turns out it's a, a goth industrial record store. And I walk inside. Everybody's super nice. Um, and they're playing Magic the Gathering in the back of the store. And this is where I meet uh, Rodney Anonymous from the Dead Milkman. Um, and then we proceed to have a, like a, just an amazing, um, you know, like hour and a half long conversation. Um, was hoping, like, you know, was hoping he would notice that... Um, that uh, that we were still talking, but we were in this. Uh, we, we we got tea around the corner, and we're actually talking so long that we uh, got uh, got kicked out of there. But um, you know, if you've got a podcast, go hang out with Rodney Anonymous because you have absolutely nothing better to do in Philadelphia. So thanks, um, thanks so much to Rodney for taking the time to do that. It was an absolute pleasure to do that interview, and uh, you know, kind of a, a big thrill for me. Um, thanks to Brian as always for editing the podcast together. Thanks to Mark and everybody else at Boing Boing and the awesome Boing Boing Podcast Network. Lots of good shows for you to listen to over there. You can either just check them out over at Boing Boing or um, iTunes. It's easy, easy to access. You go to you go to my page, click on the boing boing link. It'll take you there. I oh, and while you're on my page, you know, link, rate the show, give me some stars. Um, if you uh, liked what you heard, you can send us an email. It's riylcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr. It's also riylcast, but that's on Tumblr. Uh, I think that's about all I got for this week. Got uh, lots of awesome shows coming up for you guys. Um, so we'll, uh, I guess we'll see you just about this time next week. 